Hi, Paula. How are you? I'm good. So nice to see you. I know. It makes me so happy to see you. Yeah. <sighs> How is so sweet? Yes. Good. How is December? Uh, better than November. <laughs> I love that answer. <laughs> yeah. I, it, I like to get past Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Now I feel like I have wings. Nice. Hi, ladies. Hi, Laurel. Hello. 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 Good to see you again. Do we have class or call? It's a call. Oh, good. And I'm facilitating again. My uh -huh. A little bit. My, my blood sugar's low. I've been going all day, and I just got home the second. Not so at all. Pardon me for Please munching. I like your purple outfit, Laurel. <laughs> Thank you. A happy color. Hi, Carol. Hi, Carla. Hi, Carol. Hi, Carla. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hi, Carla. <laughs> Carla, are you here to facilitate by chance? No. Okay. So okay. <laughs> I just signed. I just signed up because nobody else signed up like two hours ago. So. Um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we would have gotten wild and rowdy here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's wait a couple more minutes to see if more folks would join. Laurel, did you see my raccoon? No. What's that? I sent you a picture of a raccoon that was oh, in my Oh no, I uh, haven't seen it yet. My no. compost my compost pit. And we put a little ladder in for him and he crawled out. <laughs> wow, adventures of the wildlife. <laughs> well, I was thinking about you because of your love of animals. <laughs> yeah. I thought well, you'd appreciate that. That's pretty cute that you got you found a way to get him out. Yeah, he was eating and eating and he just fell in, huh? He fell in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then when you're putting the when you're putting the little ladder in, he would like try to bite your hand. So <laughs> very it was interesting adventure. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being kind to him. <laughs> Yes. All right. So let's pray. Let's pray us in. See if more people would come up. Okay. All right. So we take this breath of love and joy and laughter and gratitude as we join our hands virtually in the sacred circle. We're so grateful for this community. 
I'm so grateful that we could hold this sacred, safe space for one another. The sacred space of non-judgment. We are safe in our loving hearts. We call upon our highest, most loving self, the Holy Spirit. We ask Spirit to be in charge of this call every step of the way. We're happy to place on the altar all ideas about how this call should unfold. Any and all blocks to love that are coming up for healing. We're willing to just trust, trust and trust some more that all things are working together for our highest good. No exceptions. We're willing to see the golden nugget of blessing in every challenge, every seeming difficulties or seeming problems. We're willing to see that there are no problems in the present moment. Mm. We call upon a blessing for our bodies, our technology, our surroundings, every brother and sister, masterful living, power of love ministry, and beyond. We're so happy to share our healing with everyone because we're one with them. We set an intention for a miraculous healing tonight. And with that, we're grateful to just let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Right. Thank you. Thank you, Rieko. Thank you, Laurel. Thank you, Rieko. Hi, Tracy. Hi. Hi. Great to see you all. I'll be there in a minute. Okay. <laughs> Good. Hmm. Is anyone else feeling the nudge to share something to start? Well, okay. Thank you, Paula. I've been doing this... Um, I've been doing a 30-day forgiveness letter uh, uh, program with Helen Liebline, who was in one of my freedom circles, was in a freedom circle that I was co-facilitating. And uh, so we're on day 20 today. Uh, it reminds me, Rieko, when you and I did the heart's desire. Uh, that was wonderful. And one of the things that I did is um yeah you know and um well one of the things that i did was made a list of the 30 things that i judged donald trump for and <clears throat> you know um there are things like no empathy, only cares about himself, unkind to his wife, is like a mafiosa, is endangering the Constitution, is an opportunist, is a thug. You know, the things that I, you know. And I'm taking that as an opportunity to clean up using Ho'oponopono my own stuff. 
you know, that this is, if he is in front of my face and I'm t judging him, then take the opportunity to turn that around and clean it, at least in my own, you know, uh, all dimensions of time and space. Um, yeah, I'll probably have to go through and do it again. <laughs> Once just doesn't seem to be enough. But I, it's 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 been interesting uh, from the perspective of if we see something in front of our face, it's ours. You know, so um, yeah. So today is fake news, creating fake news, and what what I was forgiving myself for is um, making stuff up in the illusion and then believing it, you know, and projecting it, and fostering it. And getting other people to believe it. And um, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And I would like to be free of the uh, illusion. And free of um, having to project as a way of protecting myself from fear of the divine. And the other thing that happened to me as I was doing this was yesterday or this morning, whenever I was doing it, I really got into how I am afraid of enlightenment. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, I said uh, 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 how, to, how to be in the moment accepting the guidance of the Holy Spirit without fear of going insane. I have an insane fear that as you approach enlightenment, you might go insane. You know, um, uh, of being uh, of that, that in order to become enlightened, you have to die. It's not possible, you know. Now, I know this stuff is nonsense, but this is fear that's flushing up uh, of being punished, of being tested. You know, it's like, I don't want to freaking be tested. You know, <laughs> uh, what is it? What is testing? Testing to the point of death. You know, where did I get these ideas? Which one of you is responsible for these ideas that I have? <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> or of being rejected by the divine. Uh, uh, like, okay, so you get there, and it's like, no, not you. <laughs> Everybody else, but not you. <laughs> it's just... Oh, weird. And then I ask forgiveness for having tested, punished, and rejected others and uh, for not being, quote, good enough or spiritual enough or holy enough, holy enough, and for taking lives and torturing people in other times and places. I mean, who knows that I didn't uh, burn a witch? 
I know I was burned. <laughs> but it's always harder to take to accept responsibility for the other side. Okay, if she can swim, she's guilty. If she drowns, she's innocent. <laughs> That's how you judge if she's a witch. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> um, yeah, not uh, not the most fun place to be uh, during Christmas season, and yet it's nice to know I'm in the light and surrounded by the light, and this is a time of coming from darkness into the light. Uh, so, you know, like the little uh, raccoon in the pit, in, you know, to, to get out. Uh, I said, you know, can, can we bring ourselves out of the darkness? I don't know. So that's where I'm at. Thank you for listening. <laughs> um, I'm just cu I'm curious, Paula, as you as you are going through these these different things, are you coming upon things in yourself that you hadn't um, seen before or known about? Um. The, the, the way the way it feels to me is that I've bumped into these things before, but didn't have the tools to discreate them, to put them into the violet flame, to put them on the holy altar fire. I didn't have those tools. So I knew I had certain fear of enlightenment, you know, um, because it implied judgment, which I was raised with the concept of judgment. You know, God is the great judger and all that. But now I have the tools to deal with it. And so as it's coming up, I can feel it, you know, because when I go into some of these things of feeling punished and things like that, I can really feel it. You know, and um, I'm willing to let it go. And I wonder, I, I, I'm beginning to really understand how these things pervade our species. Yeah. It, like, I'm, I'm beginning to understand how people can clean their their history, their, their family history back, you know, uh, uh, into generations. Because... Somebody said to me yesterday, I was talking with a healer, and she was saying that we bring things like gonorrhea and um, syphilis with us into our bodies in this lifetime. And it's like, what? And she, you know, and then somebody said, yes, but if you think that you, you were a cell, in your mother's uterus, in your grandmother's uterus, in your great-grandmother's uterus, you know, and on down. So um, I had I had never thought about that. But the, this kind of work 
really does go uh, in all dimensions of time and space back through one's family history, you know, wherever you, wherever it needs to go. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it. But I love having the tools to work That's with. a good statement. Yeah. And, and, and I appreciate it. Thank you to all y'all because, you know, we're all using these tools. And it's so, so supportive for me to know I'm not alone in getting into some of these skanky places. And I'm not miserable. I'm not miserable. It's just um, I'm aware of it. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Grateful for the opportunity or I wouldn't be on this 30-day journey. Is is Helen um, from Las Vegas the person you're working yes. with? Yes. I know her from, from Sacred Circle. You know, um, many a Sacred Circle. <laughs> yeah. Yes, she's wonderful. That's great. Yes. I've been uh, hoping that she would join Masterful Living One. Yeah. Uh, I don't know whether she will, but yeah. Thank you. Paula, I just wanted to say, as I listened to you, I, and you said, you know, which one of us is responsible? You know, I just, I was just thinking this, this just sounds like ego. All, I mean, I recognize all of this. It's, it's our collective ego that, and we all have this. I mean, I have all of that too. I mean, the, 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 and the ego's interpretation is the opposite of spirit. So if we move towards spirit to the ego, that's insanity. And, and the world's a lot operating from ego. So, you know, that's crazy Aunt Paula, right? Yes. Right? <laughs> and, and, and I mean, people might think we might have gone off the deep end if we were uh, speaking to them as we speak among ourselves in terms of our level of commitment and what our goals are here. Right. I mean, so, but thank you for sharing because I can, see it and I know for me I'm just um so grateful too every morning now I'm getting up and I'm like oh what are the lessons I'm gonna learn today and I'm uh, in uh, I way prefer to be the happy learner so that's my intention be the happy learner <laughs> don't wait for all the pain try and try and get these lessons in the happy way and um and I've discovered this week I think I shared in community calls some pockets where I was realizing wow, why do I all of a sudden feel like tired and heavy when I've been feeling so joyful and free and what I discovered. Carla, could you mute yourself? Sure. Kind of bumping around, noises going on. Thank you so much. Thank you. So anyway, um, but I ran into some pockets and I, and I realized, oh, it, and Jennifer told me this a long, long time ago, but you know, it was kind of like, I finally got it like experientially because I discovered for myself, Oh, I've gone into separating myself from God while I go into this task of having to write this progress report while I go into this task of having to deal with the County of Monterey 
property tax assessment office about overvaluing the value of the condo so the property taxes go up and getting three property tax bills and talking to people who clearly don't know what they're talking about <laughs> you know, all this and and so um so i realized some of the pocket areas that were pretty standard for me to have the heavy feeling and now that i don't make the meaning of it. Well, these are just tasks I just don't enjoy, but I have to do. But realizing, oh, I could bring an awareness of Jesus and spirit being with me. And and no, that's the primary thing going on, even while I'm having to do a task and have the joy. And so I felt like I was on this learning curve this week as I had to spend some time doing those kinds of tasks and that I was kind of committing myself to learn how to do them in joy and also trying to learn how to let um, Jesus and spirit help me do them more quickly because in the course it says that we can ask Jesus to help us with all the minutiae so we don't waste so much time on stuff like that. I mean, that clearly is, I mean, I can um, extend love to people I'm interacting with in those processes if I am like on the phone and, and I can um, love myself by being in relationship with spirit while I do it. But um, there's other things that would be um, giving me more opportunity to extend love, right? <laughs> than those particular kind of tasks but anyway I was I've been you know excited to discover that this week and 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 realize with that awareness I can um, I can just always remember I in every instant can make the choice to be with spirit with Jesus in joy no matter what I'm doing and then also remember to ask and expect that those mundane minutia things can go more quickly as I remember how to ask and, and believe it and declare it. And, uh, so I, I experienced um, the joy as I was doing those tasks this week. I didn't experience things speeding up yet, you know, like I still was seeming to get bogged down. So I, I know there's um, still some beliefs. I can find myself thinking the thought, Oh, it's going to be hard. Oh, it's going to take forever, you know. And I and so I'm trying to, you know, catch those thoughts, but they're still in there and stop them. So I know that um they're showing up in form <laughs> because I still have them, but I'm becoming aware of them and how this all works. And I really do believe that as I learn to have a different thought and choose different thoughts and really believe them and feel them that it, the whole thing is shifting for me. So, so, but I, um, I just heard my own ego thoughts kind of very similar to yours. Mm -hmm. So thank you for sharing. I want to say thank you for, I thought I was muted, and so my something fell down here, so it probably made a lot of noise, so thank you for gently reminding me of that. Thank you to mute. Yeah, you're welcome. Do that for me if I do that too. <laughs>
Thank you, Tracy. I'm going to join in on you on the willingness to be a happy learner instead of waiting till the divine alarm clock goes off and pain or suffering tells us to choose again. I had an experience this morning in meditation, which um, what sparked it was my own frustration and judgment about not waking up in joy every morning. Like I wake up and I have every intention of partnering up as soon as possible. And I do say the prayer in my mind and I feel the connection, but um, there's very sticky thoughts and patterns that would like take over pretty immediately as I'm doing my morning routine and lots of judgments about how I should be feeling by now that I should be consistently happy by now. I should not be thinking these stinking thoughts anymore. <laughs> um, especially since we're approaching the end of the year and we contemplate like, how much progress did we make? Or maybe it's just me. <laughs> the word progress just implies judgment, but, um, but those thoughts are coming up for healing. And so um, I sat with that in meditation with a counselor and what she helped me see was that because this is a world of duality, as long as there are, um, as long as we're in the world of duality, when they're seemingly joyful, happy states, there's also going to be other things that go with it. And it's not that we're not going to experience or feel those things anymore once we our consciousness rises, but we will be able to experience them differently. Like we'll be able to f experience fear without being actually afraid. And I'm still trying to wrap my mind around that, but it helped me recognize that these uh, negative thoughts that zip through my head may not ever go away. Like in this lifetime, like I, they still might just be there. Um, and and I thought that if I made enough progress, they'll just shut up and <laughs> so I won't hear them anymore. It won't be none of my none of my business. The negative thoughts, like out of my consciousness, right? It's like I want my own pond to be pristine. I don't care if there's like war in the world. Like <laughs> as long as I'm waking up happy and joyful and enlightened, everything is okay. No, that's. I realized that's the mindset that I was in, like subconsciously. Um, but when there's things happening in the world, of course, like we're all part of that. So like I, I can't be exempt from what's happening in the world. Like I could change my mind about it. But what Rieko goes through, what Rieko thinks in her mind is inseparable from what's happening out there, too. So that helped me feel way better about uh, my inner chatter seemingly not changing. Um, and 
And also the other cool thing was in this meditation, um, I realized that, so if the joyful, uplifting, enlightening moments are a golden thread, that's like really sparkly and beautiful. And all the other emotions like depression, anxiety, fear, guilt, all those things were these like muted, like brownish, grayish threads, right? And what I was doing was in, to insist that I just want golden threads. Like I don't want other things. But if you want to make a beautiful tapestry, you have to have contrast of both. And what I was doing, I realized, was to look at the back of the tapestry because that's all I can see. I can't see the front of the tapestry. I have no idea what the front of the tapestry looks like. And all I'm seeing is these is like knots and weird uh, sewing patterns and it doesn't look pretty at all. And I'm seeing lots of knots here and there and I'm judging the knots. Like, why is there a knot here? It's not supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be happy. I'm supposed to be seeing a golden like tapestry that's so beautiful. Um, but I realized that nothing is out of order. Like every single one of those knots are necessary in order for the tapestry to be what it is on the, the front side that we can't see it. And even our stinking thinking, <laughs> even our challenges are playing a role in forming that cosmic tapestry. That's so stunning and beautiful. We, we can't see it yet, but it's, it's, that's what it's doing. And who am I to decide that this knot should not be there, you know, because I don't like the way it looks. But this knot is playing an important, crucial role in the grand scheme of things. And, and that just brings such peace to my heart to really see and feel and know that nothing that's here right now is not supposed to be here. And that includes every judgment, every thought, every pain, every all the things that I used to just push out of my awareness and wish that it wasn't there, that I wish it could go away. Um, and of course, it's not to say that we need to like hold on to them and keep suffering, but um, there's no need for us to judge the fact that it is in our awareness or that it is in the world. Um, so that, that brought a lot of peace to my mind, heart. Yeah, thank you for listening. It also brought up, that was beautiful, Rieko. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, it, it, it reminds me of an image that was given to me one time of a stained glass window. You know, suppose we're all kind of like a stained glass window and there's all these different parts. And let's imagine that it's a picture of Jesus holding a staff and a lamb in his arm you know, standing by a stream. And part of the stained glass is a foot. <laughs> and part of the stained glass is a lamb. And part of the stained glass is grass. And part of the stained glass is the aura around Jesus. Part of the stained glass is his eye. Another part is just the, the hem of his robe. And all of it together makes this picture and we are all those pieces of stained glass 
that that was a nice image uh, yeah. that helped me like the tapestry helped you yeah thank you it's beautiful thank you both i i have another image to add to the images visual all this visual on this same topic at the um i think it was at the center for spiritual living last sunday the message i'm pretty sure that's the source but anyway uh, so they told a story of um a family who around the holiday season had the um kind of a ritual of of getting out a card table and and having a big thousand piece jigsaw puzzle that they'd all have to work on together you know i think that's something people have heard of and um, so they put the puzzle out and they had a little four-year-old and, and I guess she was pretty precocious. And when nobody was watching, she um, she didn't like the dark colored pieces. So she picked them all out and hid them under the cushion on the couch. <laughs> and this is just what we're talking about, right? <laughs> so she hid them and everybody was trying to do the puzzle. <laughs> And it wasn't coming out so well <laughs> until, you know, she copped and and got the dark pieces so that the picture could be complete. So for everybody who's listening to this now and later, all these beautiful images to speak to this very important topic of dealing with these things that Sometimes we want to judge and get away from that are part of the picture somehow. Mm. Enrique, I thought that was interesting, the part you brought up about how what's going on in the world, too. Um, I've thought of that before, but I think I'm going to hold that in mind, that perhaps something that's coming up that I'm registering and thinking is just mine, which, of course, is never true. <laughs> ever you know because we're not separate uh so to not think it's mine i mean sometimes it is very specifically something i this brought to my awareness for me to deal with but sometimes it might be a feeling and maybe if i can't quite get clarity on it maybe it's something in the world going on that i'm to be praying about for healing um because i mean i feel like we in this journey and this intention we have are making ourselves available to be miracle workers and um so whatever we're healing that we're aware of in our own mind and know know it's ours to heal in terms of our own internal experience but sometimes maybe if there was an anxiety or a fear that i couldn't quite identify i'm going to think about just healing the fear and knowing that it might be uh you know, a lot of people feeling a fear that I can help heal and provide healing and comfort that way. So, and that we can do that, I think, maybe. Did I, did, I might have told you this before, but I remember hearing a story on NPR about a group of nuns in a convent that what their service was was to listen to the news and pray for everyone and everything in the news i always thought that was so cool 
you know, that I would love to do that. But actually, I think we are. <laughs> I think we are. Also, uh, Riego, what I was you know, feeling in hearing you was uh, the difference between trying to avoid feeling our pain and the willingness to be in it. I don't know how, how to, you know, you, you were explaining it to be in it, but not to realize you're separate from it. At, at the same time, because the one could put us into addictions, like I don't want to feel the pain, so what do I need to do to not feel the pain? You know, work harder, uh, you know, drink, do drugs, uh, uh, become a sex addict, uh, you know, your, our choice. Uh, but uh, to be, and I'm, I'm experiencing that too, because uh, uh, with uh, I have pain every now and then, and what my tendency is to get cranky. You know, if I'm not feeling a a as good as I would like to be, then I I I can see myself getting cranky. I don't want to finish something. I don't want to do something. I don't want to have to quote put up with something. So that's an interesting opportunity for me to be in that place and be as detached from it and joyful as I possibly can be and forgive myself when I'm not. <laughs> but thanks for that, uh, that d discussion. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, both of you. Mm. Carla, what do your big brown eyes have to say? My more say anything. <laughs> I think it's a different part of my body that speaks. But what I what came to me was when you were going through the images, different images, different beautiful images, symbols, really of life. Is that what came to me? Is wasn't my picture, but more a symbol of God is like a conductor of the symphony. And you know how in the beginning of the symphony, how they're they're all testing their instruments and they get they're all different out of tune and stuff. And yet, and then they come in tune. They play a beautiful. So I think we're all 
tuning our instruments, our bodies, our life, our perception, our awareness. And as we can me, that we're, it's a symphony. It's a beautiful symphony. And God is the conductor and created the score and everything. And we're just tuning our instruments. That's terrific. Thank you. Love that, Carla. That's beautiful. It reminds me, I've listened recently to uh, Yanni on YouTube. I love some of his music. And I think it's Yanni at the Acropolis where, where they actually, he talks about, you know, his creative process. I mean, he's amazing. But he talks about, I mean, he has these musicians from all over the world who are masters. And then he brings them all together. And, of course, he's written the major I don't even know how to talk about music. I'm not a music expert, but, but he also talks about how he allows these masterful musicians some leeway because of the creativity they bring from so many different cultures and their own unique person. So within what he's written, that's, you know, a certain amount of structure I just love it that he loves to allow them to be creative and then to see what that produces. And, and so that's kind of going along with what you said, Carla. We, we um, tuning our instruments and developing our creative um, contribution to the music. Oh, I love that. Hmm. It's like threads in the tapestry, too, you know, so it kind of comes together. And what I also hear from everybody is, I don't know if they're losing it, to disconnect from identifying with the voice, the ego voice, and being the chooser, choosing from the I am, you know, and I know that was big for me, this identifying with a lot, the voice in the head and even the fact that I made a lot of choices that were a lot less than loving and created a lot of suffering. And that's, for me, forgiveness in that because all of that, all of it is helpful. Because without the suffering, which I used to judge myself for, and all that judgments, without the discomfort, I couldn't choose again. I wouldn't notice, you know. So 
what I'm hearing is waking up and coming into the joy. Is that too joy around that too? That thank goodness. They said, not, I don't know, but judge myself for all that stuff, but thank goodness for all of it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Carla. I really felt it in my heart. Yeah, thank you. That was beautiful, Carla. I I really relate to that, Carla, um, because I, I would say the majority of my life I was deeply suffering in depression and and I saw no way out and I looked in so many different directions for help and it would I'd feel better for a little bit and then it just seems like this would this weight would just pull me down pull me down and I honestly consider it an accomplishment that I haven't killed me that I didn't kill myself when I was in those states of just such deep despair and saw no way out and obviously just wasn't I wasn't meant to do that but boy did I want to so many times and um, I feel like somehow and I mean who knows what the future is but I feel like recently I've reached um, uh, like a new a new plateau that I've never been at, where it feels like now, if I'm just at rest, it, I always in the past would feel the heaviness and that I could always go down. It was always there pulling on me. And now I feel this energy that's pulling me up. And I've never felt that before, other than for you know short periods of time, but I'm just talking about like my baseline now feels like things have gone up I I don't know what that means I don't know anything you know I'm just grateful for that and um, I just know that you know I, I I just think that being with all of you and in classes has in some way given me a new life and in my in, inside of me you know, it's like the outside world looks the same, but inside of me, um, I feel a lot lighter and I feel a lot happier. And I'm so grateful for that. Just so grateful for that. And and the choice piece, um, I'm glad so glad you talked about it because I'm not I'm not that conscious yet about being in choice. Um I've had a couple of experiences that have been challenging ones. And I, I saw that I, like, I saw I had an opportunity to be a happy learner instead of go into complete misery or stay in the misery. And um, although it was an upset, it wasn't really misery. It was just an upset and it was very anxious and it was very, um, 
angry actually um had felt falsely accused oh that's one of my things must be a libra thing because when it does when things don't feel just and right according to laurel um you know that's just such a big button for me <laughs> so that's when i i feel like i've exercised some choice but in terms of like how am i going to feel right now how am i going to feel you know how do i tune my instrument you know so that it's tuned to uh a sound that makes me feel good instead of one that just is like, Whoa. you know, I love that. I love that image. I love the orchestra image. Um, my parents were both musicians. So I'm just very grateful for that. Thank you. I'm so grateful you're here, Laurel. Thank you, Thank you. Paula. <laughs> I am too. Me too. Mm -hmm. I got goosebumps up and down when you were talking about yeah. the energy that's pulling you up now. Yeah. It's been so amazing to watch and hear recently what you've been sharing about what you're experiencing and to hear it kind of being consistent because like you've been saying this for it's not been up and down. It's been, like you said, a new plateau on a much higher energy level. Um, yeah. Yeah. And of course, in miracles, Jesus says that he's like our elder brother who can, you know, pull down to us the awakening and pull. It sounds like you're experiencing being pulled up and, and our group consciousness love here. You know, I mean, I know I think of us between sessions and that, Makes me happy to think what's going on in you, Laurel. I saw your little kitty just hugging into your neck while we were talking. Has anybody noticed that? Her little kitty cuddling right up under her chin. I was like, oh my gosh. God brought a little, a little furry love creature to you to just spoil you. Oh. So cute. It's true. I I have get, received an amazing gift with that cat. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, so precious. Thank you, Tracy. You know what came to me when you're talking is my experience. It's instead of being pushed by the pain, you're being pulled by the love. So, that's it. This may not. Uh, I don't know what this means, but before I came on, I saw an email from Patricia Cota Robles. And she's the violet flame person, I think, that we got the book from. And she was saying, well, the company of heaven <laughs> has said that this past year, we all were challenged incredibly, but we all have risen like we're you know we've um ascended we've all ascended this year and then she said 
in 2019, a lot of our growth will be through joy. And I thought, oh, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, this year, we all really grew and ascended, and a lot of it was through difficulty. 2019, joy. <laughs> and I believe her. <laughs> She's somebody I really do believe. <laughs> yeah, she she was hard for me because it's like another language. You know, talking about this ray and that ray and the violet flame and the company of heaven and all of that. But um, it's all it's all there. It's just all part of the tapestry. You know, if we want to pull on that thread, uh, we can activate it. <laughs> or play that song or dance to that tune. <laughs> Has this year felt like an intense year for anybody? <laughs> yeah. And I, I remember Jennifer said uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, she talked to a woman who said, you know, this awful experience I had. And in that, I asked for Holy Spirit and all these incredible healings happened and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then Jennifer said to her, do you think that would have happened had you not had that terrible experience? <laughs> and the woman said, no, I don't think it would have. <laughs> I wouldn't have gone to those places of healing. I just wouldn't have, you know. So that's kind of been hovering around uh, my awareness, that story. I think uh, probably isn't the right words, but I think she has said that that the more challenging the situation, the more the healings and the experience, something like that. I think that's when you're learning by contrast method, though. I mean, to keep in mind, we can choose to be the happy learners. Then we don't have to have the challenge. So I think we need to be careful of that belief. Because if you believe the only way you grow is through challenge, then guess what? <laughs> you know, so I'm trying to I mean, I'm, I'm I, I think we've all been programmed with that. I'm aware that's one of the beliefs I've been programmed with and I've really bought into it. 
and I used to think I loved challenges and enjoyed challenges and rose to the challenge and and I'm um I'm I'm real open for learning uh happy learner ways that are more gentle. I'm 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 gonna embrace and be grateful for every challenge and know I can learn from it and 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 I I'm going to be really open to learning without having to have big challenges. Because I'm kind of, I'm kind of getting tired of them. <laughs> no, that's that's really something, and it brought to mind what how can we share some images of what it's like to learn to be a happy learner? What are some ways that we would learn and grow and experience, you know, whatever our spiritual path and the sharing of it? Uh, as a in your to your mind, Tracy. I mean, I'm just wondering because it's true. I tend to have a belief that you know that what comes to me is mine, and right now it's a lot of crap that needs to be transmuted, and I'm okay with it. And maybe maybe I can be happy in that. You know, knowing that that's what's happening and that there's some joy in that. Um, I can be a happy cleaner. Uh, but <laughs> is there another image of happy learning that that we could share that um, might be helpful to me? <laughs> that's an excellent question, because I think I'm most accustomed to thinking about learning in the in the way of challenge and then just doing what you said, at least now being happy in it because I know what the real purpose is and I can keep in mind and I'm experiencing more really that it's a dream and an illusion and I'm reminding myself of that. Okay. So I got to go close the door cause I've got a lot more going on back in the background, but, but it, I'll, I'll keep thinking if if I can come up with an example, right, of being a happy learner without it really coming out of some challenge. I'm I'm, I'm really used to doing it the, the the pain train way. You know, I'm just reminded though of when the the Chinese symbol of crisis, you know, has two pictograms in it, and one is danger and the other one is opportunity. Yeah. So. I, I'm just thinking that a challenge doesn't have to be a hard thing necessarily. A challenge might be something that, you know, could we could transmute it into something that's positive. And I feel like one of the, for me, one of the most important things I tell myself, um, you know, when, when I find myself in a reaction to something, this isn't right, this isn't right, I'm having a hard time with this, you know, is that everything is gently planned for my highest good, always, there's no exceptions. And as soon as I remind myself of that, I'm like, oh, right, this is all, this should be happening, you know, because my mind frame um, is, is usually this quick judgment that this isn't right, there's something wrong that this is happening. And if I can quickly tell myself no nothing's wrong this is exactly what what is supposed to be happening this is all in right order and it's for my highest good oh my goodness that just transmutes it for me i mean not necessarily i still have to do some work but i i've 
I pulled myself out of um, just my old way of getting very frantic and very upset and wanting to, you know, respond in usually an angry manner. Um, and then when I go, it's all, for, this is for me. What is, what am I, what am I learning? What can I learn? That's it. What am I potentially able to learn in this situation that can bring me up higher? So I, I, I love that question of if there's an image where we can eliminate the things that, I guess, what cause us to grow, you know, so I, I would, I would love to know what that is like, where there's no, there's no choice. It's like, oh, I'm just going to learn. This is all great. And that there's no polarity anymore. I don't, I don't know if that's possible, but, but until that's, it is, there's going to be polarity and I, I'm okay with that. And I want to practice um, growing that muscle of chain, you know, of, of reminding what's really happening here. Laurel, you just said you're not very conscious about making choice, but you just, what you said was that look at what you're doing totally making choices. I mean, that's so powerful. I think that's exactly what turns any situation around our interpretation of the meaning we give it. That's the whole thing we're trying to learn. And you're being very conscious. That was <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> can you see that? Do you realize that? How conscious? Uh, well, yes, I can see that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I was thinking of a particular situation where it it, it did transform for me just in, you know in a moment yeah. from from the upset into oh there's some there's some gold here for me there's something yeah. here and that isn't there like this excitement about I mean for me when I'm doing that there's kind of like that that's what takes the heaviness away kind of quickly because then there's this sense of like you use that word transmute and I get excited about that I'm like oh man I can I can make a different choice and, and, and this whole thing turn around and, and then it's like a, a, a really amazing kind of joy that takes its place because you know that it's going to be about growth and, and you can feel you're aligning with love and yeah. Hmm. Thank you for sharing the question and Laurel, your response. Laurel, just help me get a visual and I'm going to, preface it by saying that it's not the most um, dinner time appropriate imagery, but I've heard Jennifer say this sometimes where like finding that golden nugget of blessing in a pile of poo. <laughs> so I thought that maybe being a happy learner is like you have a garden that you're tending to and if you get a pile of poo, you could use it to like as a fertilizer to grow your garden. But if you did not have a garden or care about the garden, like if somebody gave you a pile of poo, it's still not gonna be all complaints and judgment. <laughs> and <laughs> how do I get rid of this poo? <laughs> or like finding like, Waking up Christmas morning and there's like poo in your stocking. <laughs> but if you knew that there's like a golden nugget in the poo, like, aren't you going to be excited to like clean it out to find the gold? You know, like, <laughs> so I'm wondering if 
like for me, that helps me see like, what's, what is it? What is it to be a happy learner is to be willing to like dig through the poo to get the gold. <laughs> or put it in the garden to fertilize something. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I just remember Jennifer did, did use that example with the two boys that woke up on Christmas morning and one of them got the horse manure in the stocking and the other one goes, I'll bet there's a pony and ran outside to find the pony. And I love that example. It's so cute. I've used that on myself a few times, just thinking about stuff that's sort of a bit crappy and, and or even with someone else's crappy sort of stuff going on and I'll think to myself, I'll bet there's a pony and that makes me happy to see, you know, that you can actually be joyful even when there's, yeah, something yuck in front of you. And uh, one of the other ways that I handle it is just breathing and asking myself, you know, what's going on right now because a lot of the times the, the thoughts of all the, the yucky stuff is projecting into the future. So um, right now I'm safe and right now I can love those people or that, that situation and um, tuning into the, the choice for love is a way where I can really turn, turn my mood around and I'll notice that from that point on <clears throat> I, I get happier with it. So if I'm feeling like I'm coming down with something, I'm coming down on being influenced by something that's not nice, if I just say, okay, I'm okay everything's okay right now, and I'm going to put love out into the world, that I can see, then everything turns around. It turns around from that point on. Thank you, Sonia. I I forgot about the pony. <laughs> That's what I was trying to think of. <laughs> Not thinking through the nugget in the stocking, but you know, it's the same thing. But <laughs> oh, but I I love your reminder to breathe. And to send love, it really, yeah, I've been working on um, trying to be more present. And the more I, the harder I tried, the more I noticed how I was not present most of the time. Um, gave the judgment away and like breathing really helps me, so really helpful reminder. Thank you so much. One of the things I'm hearing too is um, the time times that we've chosen to be in. Um, you know, I, I get the sense that we can pick different, we pick different times to be born and we're here together now and in the Hindu tradition um, there's there's a division of different ages and the age according to the Hindu tradition the age that we're in now 
which is a certain amount of time, I think 432,000 years, uh, it's the age of darkness. It's called the Kali Yuga, and Kali means black in the Hindu tradition. And in the Kali Yuga, there's the most darkness. And here we are, all of us, transmuting that to light. You know, if it was all light, we wouldn't have the challenges. We'd be like angels floating around in the light and going, oh, here you go. Hi, Carla. It's nice. But we, we have chosen, chosen to be here because of who we are and the light we bring. We are really light bearers and we're transmuting the energy of this time. And it just gives me the chills, <laughs> gives me the chills to be in the presence of you, you know, you. And you're all part of a network of lovely people that goes from there and they're part of a network. And we are truly a network of light in a time that needs us most because this is the time when we turn it around. And of course, it's Hanukkah. It was Hanukkah on Sunday night um, and Monday. And that was another wonderful miracle of lighting all the candles. And the oil didn't run out. It was a miracle. It should have. It didn't. You know, and then it's Christmas and we're putting on all the lights and the birth of the Christ child and the light. And then in the Hindu tradition, there's Diwali, which is the festival of lights. So it's a, a, a wonderful metaphor of times that we're in now. On the Hanukkah um, story, I just learned this yesterday at the center again, part of the message yesterday, but that the the candles that were lit that didn't go out, I, I've really been reflecting on that because normally they have to bring more oil to keep the, the candles lit. And, and that's going to an outside source. You're dependent on the oil. And for me, that's symbolic of me learning how, you know, the oil's within. I mean, to not always have to go out for the oil to burn, that the the source of the of the light and the burning. Isn't that beautiful, Paula? That's what I've been reflecting on. I, I mean, I didn't really know that story until yesterday, but I kind of feel like that's starting to happen more and more and more for me. Um, and I think that's the goal. That's enlightenment, right? Keep the candle be enlightened, keep the candle, know, know that that divinity is within us. We don't have to keep going to external sources to get the flame to burn brightly. I love all these different faith tradition stories and images that enrich us. Yeah. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. I didn't take it to within. Thank you. 
Yeah, you're welcome. That was from Spirit. That was a happy learner lesson, I think. That that's a way to get it direct. That was happy. No challenge, just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, earlier this week when I was waking up, I just had this aha, and the aha was that what a shame it is that we're not taught that everything we really long for is within us, that we think that our parents are going to supposed to give us all this stuff that's going to make us feel loved and okay about ourselves, but they never got that. So they don't know how to pass that on to us and just, you know, go on, you know, all of the generations back. It's like, no, nobody's telling the story you know the truth which is that everything that we want peace and love and and to be valued and to feel safe is all inside and it's such a (laughs) it's it this is not a hard concept (laughs) really um it's actually pretty simple not that it's easy but it's amazing to me that it has not I mean, it's amazing to me, I guess, that it's taken me this long in my own life, even knowing that it's within how long it's taken for me to feel like I'm even touching it at times. Um, but I just think of, just think about how, how so many of us go, have to go through this whole process of having to forgive our parents for not giving us X, Y, and Z and just it's like it's it's a setup (laughs) it's like come on who's ever in control here or you know let's just uh shuttle you know let's just tell the truth and get on with it you know your share brought up uh uh i don't know something i read or saw or like a shirt or a sign or something and I, I think I shared an MLC3 community call what if we obsessed about the things we like about ourselves yeah <laughs> what if When my little boy, he's six, when he, he's in a grump or if he's, you know, having a tantrum or something's really upset him, I'll often just cuddle him and say, I love him, I really, really love him, and I'll just sort of soak him with love, just say those words. I'm trying to um, brainwash him, <laughs> brainwash him with love just put it on every upset while he's still in that trance of early childhood where he it'll it'll carry through his life it's a little social experiment (laughs) but um with the father uh, or the parenting thing i think that one of the main reasons why we're getting it now in our group is that we've got we've we've developed our own contact with our heavenly father and or heavenly parents father mother because without that you just can't 
you can't really do it if you're only working on the earthly plane with it. And that's, and I think that's where our societal um, mm. training has gone wrong because um, we're living in such secular society now that we've lost touch with learning about the heavenly aspects. So we're really lucky that we're in this, we're in this training, we're learning it. I'm trying to teach it to William. I'm trying to um, to give him that connection um, with the heavens and I talk about angels with him and God and Jesus and Mary and just, just to start planting that um, connection with the, a wider um, horizon than just what you see on you know in schools and in in the media hopefully it will because it because I'm putting it in early hopefully he'll he'll get it a bit earlier than what I've had to wait for that's so beautiful and and you're not you're not putting guilt in the mix which is because a lot of us got the information about God and Jesus and everybody, but it was all mixed up with that crazy mad idea of guilt and separation. So I think the kids know. They they get programmed to unknow. I think we knew when we were really young. But that's so wonderful because you're not letting them forget. You're that's beautiful, Sonia. That would be nice in the middle of a tantrum to get that message. And that's a good reminder to all of us because adults have tantrums and to see it as that call for love and give the love. That that image helps me, little children having tantrums and what they need. Mm. That's not easy to do as a parent sometimes, so. That's great. Yeah, I try and do it as often as I can. Don't always manage it, but <laughs> I do repeat it quite often. I, the thing that I'm just reminded of right now is is that when I was raising my daughter, I, I mean, I told her I love you a lot, and you know, I never heard that once from my parents. They never said it. And so I said it often, and as she grew older, you know, and went away to college, I remember, and she um, probably went into, had counseling for the first time, um, came through that. And then at one point, I don't know what we were talking about, but she said to me, she said, I never questioned that I was loved. She said, that's, you know, that's a given. And I was like, ooh, wow, okay, I did my job. Wow, yay. Yet, further on in life, um, she she came to me and revealed a whole lot of things where even though she knew that she was loved by her, you know, by her parents, she she hadn't quite learned how to love herself. And that was a real interesting thing for me to see that just, you know, telling her. Um, I love you. Um, it, it certainly helped, but it, it doesn't do <clears throat> doesn't do the whole 
<clears throat> excuse me, doesn't do the whole, the whole job. There, there, there's, there's a lot more to it, I guess, um, than, than, well, she went through a lot of tough stuff. I divorced very early from her dad, and that was real hard on her. So she had, um, she, had, she had a hard time in childhood. She did. But she's great now. But she had to work through all of these negative beliefs that she had about herself and about the world and, and all this. And But what I was so privileged to do was that she came to me with them. And she trusted me. And I kept saying, go find yourself somebody. But she said, Mom, you always give me the best advice. I was like, okay. And we didn't do anything about the past. Not, nothing about the past. It was just she'd bring me her her negative beliefs and let she let me she let me give her better ones she knew they weren't serving her and I I feel like that was that was the most amazing year um, that I got to help my daughter who's now she has everything she wants in life she has said she really she's a very happy being now and um, and that's so wonderful to see but it's gosh, it's a it's it's work changing a lot of you know these these beliefs. We don't even know where they came from. Anyway, I just wanted to share that. Thank you, Laurel. Yeah, I I never uh, understood anything about loving myself. I, you know, I would confuse that with selfishness. And um, it wasn't until Jennifer and the things that, you know, she's teaching that we're part of that I understood the importance of loving self. And even now on NPR, <laughs> um, <laughs> I hear uh, counselors interviewed and they're talking about self-love. Holy cow. <laughs> it's like finally happening. And they're saying, if you don't love yourself, you don't have enough to give. You know, you don't have enough to give. Oh, my God. All of a sudden, it's out there. And yet, I never got it until Jennifer. You know, just never did. And, um, you know, now it's it's a practice. It's a practice. So many confusing messages, though, about how to love yourself. So has to be discerning because a lot of the messages out there aren't really loving our true self, you know. But, but some are. You know what I'm saying? No, you don't? Hmm. Okay, well, some people might teach that it's self-loving to be very assertive and to fight for your rights and go into a, you know, a con kind of a, a, like a conflict mode. And anyway, there's so there's there's some ego-based teaching about how to love yourself that will just reinforce the ego because the ego's authoring those kinds of teachings about how to love oneself, because it's really love the ego and keep the ego alive. So we have to be careful which self. 
or loving or, or, or the teaching is pointing to. And, and some people don't have, I mean, a lot of people don't have that, that, that discernment. Jennifer, of course, is teaching us how to love ourselves in that very deep spirit, you know, our highest self, our true self, you know. Yeah. I'm starting to hear it out there. And you can hear it. You can hear it because you can feel when it's you can feel when 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 the other thing that's that's interesting that I heard out there is the difference between how we raise our children in competition and competitiveness. Can't we raise them to learn cooperation? That was like an aha for me because I've al- I've always been pretty competitive. Um uh, not so much now, but I nat- I naturally am, you know, I'm a fast runner. But um, the fact that our children in school, that we teach them to be competitive, to try to get ahead of others, to get the most money, the most rewards, the you know, whereas we could be shifting it to teach them about cooperation and what we can achieve collectively through cooperating with each other. I thought, whoa, that's a nice shift. Let's see that one come up through our education systems. And so be it. <laughs> yeah, that's a great example of a contrast between ego-based way of self-love and a spirit, more spirit, truth-based, oneness-based way. Yeah, that's perfect. So it's 25 after and we're, we're approaching about an hour and a half. Is there anyone who hasn't shared it that would like to share something? I'll just say, like when you're talking about surrender, call it the first when you were first talking and to me it was like if I totally surrender I feel like I'm going to be tested and I think it's just something that's coming up to be healing then I just feel really anxious with that sometimes so when you said that I thought oh I can relate I feel like and I think that's just an old belief that you know I've been taught God will test you (laughs) I've been really practicing. One thing, when, one night when I was really, really, really anxious and I couldn't sleep, I woke up and I was like trying to connect. And then I opened the journal to those affirmations. Like, my mind is the mind of God and my heart is the heart of God. And I just read them over and over. And then I fell asleep and I slept so well. And I was like, just felt real peace. It was very beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I, I I always I seem to forget. There's some beautiful things to do before we can go to sleep that makes such a big difference. Thank you. 
I didn't know. I asked Pierre about and just like, and that said, open the book. Thank you, Carol. Any anything that could help to sleep peacefully? Very useful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Carol. That was good. Thank you for your share. Sandy. Hey. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Um, so right before this call, you know, this call starts in my working day. And um, I got an email. I'm trying to make this really as short and concise as possible. I did. I had a one-on-one with my boss this morning. He said there was a situation. He suggested an action. I reached out to a colleague via email and took that action. And, you know, suggest passing on his suggestion. And um, I had questioned whether I should do that via email or just talk to him. I had a tendency to want to talk to him, but I saw he was in meetings all afternoon. So I sent the email and he forwarded on and Long story short, there were all these reactions to the suggestion. And I'm like, and I was starting to feel judged. And I think, isn't this interesting that I can feel judged from an email, (laughs) from words on paper? Um, But I did. I felt judged and I felt like, well, I'm just the messenger. You know, I was just passing this along. So I decided that I would write that in there, put my hand on my heart, actually both hands to be wholehearted and just say, I don't really know what anything is for. I don't, I, I know I'm not peaceful right now. Uh, I'm not sure what the thoughts and feelings are. I know that I feel judged. I know when I feel judged, that's, there's some voice in there that's saying, I did something wrong, I'm lacking. And I just asked Spirit to take it. And then I refused to read the email again, which made me feel judged. I just said, I'm letting it go. If there's something here for me to look at, please let me know and know in certain terms that I should look at it. Otherwise, it's in your hands. And... um Oh, my goodness. There were like this email back and that email back. And then this person said this and that. I'm saying, well, I certainly started something (laughs) with this email. But finally, I I felt peaceful about it. And um, then, of course, I joined this call and have enjoyed everything everyone has shared. So thank you so much, everyone. I'm so happy to be part of this this group, this community. Thank you so much, Sandy. I 
I was so happy to hear your share. It's, it's what a beautiful example of willingness. And yeah, I loved your awareness of, oh, words on a paper or a screen can make me feel judged. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Mm. Thank you. I, I feel like that's a situation that we, we could all encounter very in our work situation or any anything really. Um, and so helpful to hear how you gave it up for healing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy. Ditto what Rieko said. <laughs> well, it's been an inspiration, all of you. Thank you so much for all your shares and for listening with compassion and patience. And I just love doing this with all of you, this, this community call. So does anyone feel called to pray us out tonight? Or have Anna, any other last last shares before we pray. I'll pray so. Thank you, Laurel. Put our hands on our heart. Oh, take a nice deep breath of love and gratitude and let that just circulate throughout all parts of our being. We're so grateful to be together. Holy Spirit, we feel your presence. You're always with us. Thank you so much for just the, the constancy and the love that we always have with you. And we share you with, with each being on this planet. And it's just an amazing thing to be able to feel that. And we're so grateful for everything that's been shared today and just the, the love, the camaraderie, just the, uh, there's so much support here in our community. And we share that love and support with everybody in Jennifer's ministry and everyone that we know personally and everybody throughout the world because we're one with them. And in our way, uh, may we bring more peace and love uh, to our planet. And so it is. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much, Laurel. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Laurel. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Mm. We're so blessed. Yes, we are. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Have a good, good night, night everyone. Shining lights. <laughs> <laughs>